This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany, and we're back. (laughs) (laughs) You're cute. We workshopped a couple of uh, songs, and none of it's coming out right now. I'm sorry. Maybe later. Oh my god, we're back again. Oh, maybe <laughs> Brittany did it way better though. I could all I could do was laugh. I started like <laughs> laughing as you were reading the thing. Did you get put on the spot just a little bit? A little bit. I got scared. Okay. It's okay. It's been a month since we've done this. We gotta get back in the swing of it. And bear with us, friends. Yeah. It's why we have alcohol. Mm-hmm. Cause it's hump day. Yeah, it's, it's hump day. day. Okay, so you know how long? Do you know when we started the Hump Day song? Because we've been listening back through the episodes. It was episode forty. So like every episode before episode forty that I listen to it, and we say Hump Day, I'm expecting the the song. Yeah, and it's not there. So that was like our midlife crisis. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was a very cool episode to introduce that to. Yeah, that works. Yeah, it tracks. Okay, hump day treat this week comes to us from Doe and Arrow. Yeah. So it's this new place that opened on Airline, if you're local. Um, it's in Bossier on Airline Drive. And they sell edible cookie dough. Fuck yeah, they do. And it's glorious if you like lots of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> lots of sugar. Um, I don't suggest maybe trying to taste all of them in one sitting. Don't do what we did. Um. Um, we They're got really six good. flavors, yeah. six flavors, and we tried them all, and then we put them away. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it was I a got, lot. She's like, I got six scoops, and I'm like, that's it? Just one? Okay. Good God. It's so good, but that. it's a lot. It's a lot of sugar, so um, be prepared for that. But they have other stuff, too. They have ice cream and cheesecake yeah. and cookies and what else? They have pies and brownies. You could All the desserts. All, yeah. All the stuff you could ever want. Let's see. So what we tried was chocolate chip cookie dough, butterbeer cookie dough, because why would you not if you like Harry Potter? Uh Uh-huh. They even, on the little tag, drew glasses and a wand. Oh, shit. That's so cute. That's cute. They had candy bar lovers, Mardi Gras madness, which was loaded with king cake. Yeah. Um, That was good, though. It was. Reese's Revenge cookie dough. That one was my favorite. And sugar cookie that had sprinkles in it. I liked... The Mardi Gras and the um, cookie bar, candy bar, yeah, madness, whatever it was. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I think those were my favorite. So, check out Doe and Arrow. Yeah. You totally should. If you don't have one, um, find something like it. I don't know. <laughs> Order it off find of Amazon. Find the local edible cookie dough <laughs> shop near <laughs> you. It and go eat it because it's really good. <laughs> I can't. Oh, we have a guest today. Yeah, we do. We have For an For the intern. first time ever. Delina is joining us over Hi. there on the bar stool. <laughs> hey guys! So if you hear random laughter, or that's, that's who that is, smart ass comments, that's where they're coming from. <laughs> yeah, we told her that she's allowed to. Yeah, it's okay. She's cool like that. She's in good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. Yay! <laughs> 
You're a cool You're mom. You're with professionals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what else? Oh, oh, all all the socials. We have those. Yeah, we do have those. Facebook, Instagram. We have a Twitter, but just don't even go there, Sumba. There's no reason. (laughs) There's no reason. (laughs) It it gets the same treatment that the other ones do, so you're really not missing a whole lot if you're not on Twitter. It's okay. We understand. There's just too many things. It's it's too much. So, yeah, go do that so you can see all the episode photos because um, thank God Brittany has some this week because I only found one. Yeah, I got like five. I'm so proud. Yeah. Do we have anything else? It's episode 49. Happy humping. Happy humping. Settle in and um, here you go. Let's talk about some Santeria. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history or like what, not necessarily history, but what exactly Santeria is. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to tell you about a little story I found. There were lots of little stories when you yes. did this. Not a whole lot to make a whole shebang out of. So, we yeah, did what we could. I was really surprised that there weren't more cases that um, had more detail yeah. or more information. Because mine is really small, too. That's what she said. <laughs> but it's fine. It's okay. We found stuff. Yeah. So, here you go. All right. So. Santeria in Spanish uh, means the way of saints and is also called La Regla de Ocha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. That works. That means the order of the Orishas or La Region Lacumi. I'm just going to look. Yep. You keep going Mm -hmm. because there's more words in this one. That sounds great. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Which means the order of the Lacumi. Santeria is. The most common name given to the religious tradition of African origin that was developed in Cuba and then spread throughout Latin America and the United States. Cuba. 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 <laughs> I'm American. It's Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Santeria is not one set of beliefs, but a religion that blends aspects of a variety of different faiths and cultures, even though some of these beliefs may contradict one another. Okay. That's religion in general. Yeah. Surprise. Um, Santeria combines influences of uh, Caribbean. Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? I say Caribbean. I say Caribbean unless it's talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> movies. Oh, you have a point. <laughs> That's the only Pirates time I of the say Caribbean. Caribbean. The rest of the time it's Caribbean. Yeah. It's like the oh, yeah. Caribbean cruise. How are we supposed to say it? Someone more knowledgeable tell us. I don't think it us. matters. I think that's like potato, potato kind of thing. Sure, but how many motherfuckers do you know that say potato? (laughs) (laughs) Only when they say potato, potato. Right? That's that's the only time. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think we're good either way. One of the mysteries of words. (laughs) All right. So Santeria combines influences of Caribbean tradition, West Africa's Yoruba spirituality, and elements of Catholicism. Santeria evolved when African slaves from the Yoruban nations were taken during the colonial period in the 19th century and forced to work in Caribbean sugar plantations. African slaves learned that honoring their ancestral Orishas, I think I'm saying that right, if I'm not, somebody correct me, was safer if their Catholic owners believed they were worshiping saints instead. This is what began the overlap between their African traditions and the Catholicism. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 
The Orishas are like messengers between the human world and the divine. They are called upon by priests in a variety of ways, including trances and possession, divination, ritual, and even sacrifice. It is said Santeria includes magical practice, although this magical system is based upon interaction with and understanding of the Orishas. So, Friday nights. Yeah. Okay. Typical Friday night. Sure. Yeah. These priests provide their devotees with protection, wisdom, and success and will guide them in time of crisis. Most consultations require some form of sacrifice to one or several of the Orishas. <laughs> These offerings may range from simple presentations at home altars to elaborate feasts in the Orisha's honor. Okay. So, I googled pictures of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Santeria altars, and I saved one for you guys, so go to the notes. I'm so excited. And it says altar, and so there's um, a picture of a really pretty jar. <laughs> <gasps> Ooh, I like the trinkets on it. Yeah. Um, there's feathers and crystals little and little and, bottles. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture of an Orisha and a statue of an Orisha. Um, that's in the jar. <laughs> they got all kinds of jars. What's in the jars? I want to know what's in the jar. What's I'm, in the big one? I'm really intrigued by the little ones. Like, what's so tiny in that little jar there? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But that's that. That's an example of an altar. Okay. Okay. It is estimated that about a million or so Americans currently practice Santeria. Mm. I, don't I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. I don't. Uh, I, we should. Why don't we have a crystal ball? Between the two of us. I don't know. Nobody is. We're kind of lame. You know who probably has a crystal ball? Faith. Faith. Yeah. She probably yeah. got a crystal ball. Or two. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I lost my place. Uh, oh. But it's hard to determine whether this count is accurate or not because of the social stigma by followers of more mainstream religions. Mm. It's possible that many who practice Santeria keep their beliefs secret from their neighbors. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not really one that... <laughs> it's not very socially it's, it's, acceptable. It, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I could get In America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people practicing Santeria see the Orisha tradition as a world religion and have begun to receive public recognition of their spirituality. Yeah, you're welcome. And you're welcome. Yeah, people like us bringing it. Oh, bringing it to the forefront. Yeah. I was like, what did we do? What we're doing right now. Mm. Drinking wine and talking into drinking a microphone. <laughs> drinking wine and talking about some fucked up shit. Fighting the world's problems. Yeah. One bottle at a time. From your kitchen table. Mm-hmm. In 1993, the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously upheld the right of devotees to practice the controversial right of animal sacrifice. I've got mixed feelings about that. Yeah. Um, because poor animals. Yeah. But then also... Um, that's a big step for them, for their religion. Other religions are able to practice in the United States, a country that has freedom of religion to its fullest extent. So That's true. But there should be a line drawn with sacrifice. You know, but I get it. Well, it's I get not it. like they're I just do. running around cutting off chicken yeah, heads. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it's, it's, um, I mean, I feel sorry done. for the chicken, but I'm going to eat the nuggets. But... um so. <laughs> 
So, I mean, if they, if they want to cut off the chicken's head for religious reasons, I'll eat the nuggets. As long as they don't waste the chicken. Don't waste That's the nuggets. That's where the there. McDonald's there. chicken comes from. Yes. That's it. That's it. Uh, I'm just saying. That's if, the Lord's chicken. It's the Lord's chicken. <laughs> Chick fil A is going to be pissed. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. But it was funny. <laughs> my point is, is if other religions have the right. freedom to practice to the fullest extent, then others should as well. Sure. But that's it. That's Santeria. Okay. And save the chickens, I guess. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny that you talk about chicken. So, here's my story. Okay. A Hartford, Connecticut man was arrested after five human skeletons allegedly stolen from a Massachusetts cemetery were found in his home. Oh, <laughs> little hobby of his. That's so cute. I love this for him. I love this for him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Amador Medina. Oh, that's his name. Are you serious? For reals. Okay. Claims he is a Santeria priest and was using the skeletons in a healing ritual. Okay. So go to the notes and look at a picture of Amador Medina. Shit. Oh, shit. Okay. He looks super religious, right? No. <laughs> um. I know. I'm going to say he looks like the typical everyday little hood Hanging out on the corner. He looked like a hoo rat. <laughs> like he's selling weed from his coat pocket. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but that that's him. He had the skeletons. Okay. Uh, Santeria experts say such a ritual would be way outside the mainstream for the religion. Police arrived at Medina's second floor home after a tip about potential human remains. Medina quickly told the truth and, according to a police report, showed police a pair of skeletons sitting out on his enclosed balcony. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know, were they set up at a patio table? Were they taking tea? Like, Did they have sunglasses and hats on? That would be fabulous. Was it a Halloween decoration? There's no one 365 days of the year. Like... How did he Super pull that off? Super creepy <laughs> one. Dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. Detectives say they uncovered five skeletons in his apartment, including three adults and two children. Oh, no, no. Sitting amongst no. other ritual objects. Okay. Had to bring the kids in. Mm-hmm. All right. The Hartford Courant. That's the paper. Oh, okay. Reports that the remains were taken from the Houghton family mausoleum at Worcester's Hope Cemetery. I got a picture of the cemetery. Okay. Because who doesn't love a good cemetery? Right. Ooh. There it is. I like it. Creepy Massachusetts Cemetery. That is pretty. Mm -hmm. I want to go. I still love a good New Orleans cemetery, though. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are hard to beat. That's my fave. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the last descendant was interred in that mausoleum more than 70 years ago. So these are like super old skeletons. Okay. They old. Wow. Amador Medina named Felix Cuba Delgado, 40 of Bridgeport, Connecticut as an accomplice. Okay. So he has friends in low places. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. Delgado is a self-proclaimed high priest of Santeria. I got a picture of him also. Felix Delgado. Every time I say Delgado, it makes me think of Modern Family. Yes. (laughs) 
But look at this picture of this dude. Okay. It ain't cute. Ew. Bruh. But you know, his eyebrows are so well manicured. They are. I wonder if he's not a drag queen on the side. Okay. Well, uh, I do know this. Like, um, the men of the Hispanic uh, culture (laughs) do love to pay attention to their eyebrows. They groom their brows like that? They do. Because he ain't cute. He ain't cute, but brows. he got them brows going. What, like, I don't know if he just smelled a fart. Like, did that's that, what the face did. looks like. He is in jail, or he is at court. I don't know if so. that guard behind him, like, just let one go. I don't, it's not a cute look. It is face. not a good look. Yeah. They did not do him justice in this Mm-mm. photo. Mm-mm. Sorry, dude. You got a cool name, though. Yeah. And good brows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all he's got. Ooh, he used one of those tattooing kits. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He pled not guilty to eight counts of disinterring bodies. Mm. Uh, the first incident took place in October 2015. Three oh. other bodies were disinterred from a second locked mausoleum at the cemetery in December. So it happened twice. Oh, shit. Yeah. Bridgeport Great. Police. <laughs> Bridgeport Police say following Delgado's arrest that skulls, dismembered rooster carcasses, see, chickens, and miniature coffins were found in his home. Oh, my God. It's not funny. <laughs> Y'all, that's Ashton's new thing, is if he's watching a movie and a sad part comes on, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm making a face, if I'm talking, if I'm looking at my phone, he'll turn and look at me and say, Mom, don't laugh. This is a sad part. Bro, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> but we shouldn't laugh. This is a sad part. Oh. <laughs> okay. Was he trying to convince himself? Like maybe, but it's happened more than once in the past week where he's like, "Mom, don't laugh. It's a sad part." Do you laugh at sad parts? No. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not even paying attention to what he's watching, but I can't laugh. It's a sad part. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) The charges against Delgado were ultimately dropped because the skulls found in his home did not match the ones missing from the mausoleum. So he has somebody else's skulls, but they weren't the ones they were looking for. So they let him go. Okay, well, <laughs> that, I'm I'm so glad. Yeah, that, that makes me feel better. I'm glad it, they let him go. It's a thing because they weren't the right ones. Yeah. Okay, good, good job, Massachusetts. Yeah, um, Amador Medina was sentenced to two and a half years in prison for stealing the <laughs> skeletal remains of at least seven people and two children from Worcester Soap Cemetery. Two and a half years. Two and a half years is what you get for stealing bodies from a mausoleum. So keep that in mind. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Deputy Police Chief Brian Foley told reporters that Santeria is rare in the area, but Leslie DeMangle, that's how I'm going to pronounce that. Yes. A religion professor at Trinity College in Hartford says that's actually far from the truth. So, (laughs) believe it or not, the police don't know what they're talking about in this case. Continue. <laughs> Santeria is very present in the city, according to Demangle, who says a large portion of the Puerto Rican community, as well as Cubans and Jamaicans, practice. Many of the Puerto Ricans and Jamaicans in the area came during the mid-20th century to work in the tobacco fields. The city is sprinkled with botanicas, which are religious goods stores, to meet the spiritual needs of the city's devotees. If hey, you I like are, those. If you are the police... How uh-huh. do you not know there's botanicas all over the city for people who practice? They know. They have to know. Right? They don't know what they are, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> do better. <laughs> Demangle did say that 
in his decades. Oh yeah, Leslie Demangle is a is a male. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Demangles did say that in his decades of anthropological field work, he'd never seen a Santeria practitioner use human remains. Ah. Foley said that cops had no way of knowing whether it was Santeria, but that the suspect, hold on, but that the quote, suspect had identification identifying himself <laughs> as Babalosha priest, end quote. Hey, I don't, his ID said. That's what it said. Yep. So that's what he is. He had identification identifying. <laughs> I had to quote. I had to do that quote. He had identification identifying. Okay. The Hartford Police did not determine what the certification meant, but experts say that it refers to a level of initiation in Santeria. Ding ding ding. Yeah. Well, Boy. I mean, I, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Medina's practice, however, might look more like Palamonte, uh-huh. another Afro-Cuban religion practiced in parts of the Caribbean and the U.S., according to University of Miami Religious Studies Professor Michelle Gonzalez Maldonado. Jesus. That's quite a name. Okay. She says, quote, it's a very nature-based religion. Part of their practice is that they have cauldrons of branches, other remains of earth, and also human remains, end quote. Hmm. I remember another case that had a cauldron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Paula. It was the Palamonte. Yeah, it was, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Oh yeah, it was that kid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's their way of connecting with the spiritual energy of the earth and ancestors. The name itself comes from the Spanish words for branch and countryside. Oh. So uh, Gonzalez Maldonado said that. Palo and Santeria are not mutually exclusive, and practitioners of one might also incorporate some practices of the other. Because there's no ultimate authority in Palo, you know, like Christianity has the Pope. There's right. no, like, there's no nobody official. in charge. Okay. And individual practitioners' beliefs might differ wi- might differ widely from one another. I can't read. That's just You're it. doing a great job. I forgot. I forgot how to do it. Words are hard. Yeah. It's okay. University of Chicago anthropologist Stephen... Palmy? Palmy? Nailed it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> says it's fairly uncommon to find complete skeletons at ritual sites. He says, quote, what you'd usually want is a skull of some bone and some bone fragments. Mm. What is a bit anomalous of this story is that a Polero, that's somebody who does the Palo. Palo. Okay. Would want to know who the person was, whose spirit he was making a pact with, end quote. I agree. So, pretty much, these dudes just stole skeletons. They weren't doing anything. Yeah. That's what this all boils down to. Okay. They're just creepy. <laughs> At the very least, Poleros <laughs> would typically want to know a bit of the person's biography, ethnic origins, line of work, and how they died. There's no indication Medina was familiar with the Houghton family. Because that's the mausoleum he stole all the skeletons from. So. Ah. But, so, he just picked it random. Yeah. Okay. It's probably the first one that he could pry open yeah yeah easy access it is known that devotees of santeria would be sure to keep their palo practices away from their gongas or ritual cauldrons because the gods and the dead don't mix so if somebody was practicing palo and santeria at the same time they would not do those rituals with the same ganga oh and contaminate it yeah sure yeah no, I agree because they do pick like their victims that they pick. They pick them for a very specific region reason. Yeah, you know they mm-hmm. want their um, intelligence or their blue eyes or yeah their great whatever. body, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. 
You don't want to mash that shit together? No. Mm-mm. But <laughs> go back to the notes. I got a picture of a ganga just in case y'all forgot. Just in case. So oh, my God. Kind of see what what kind of shit they shove in there. So we got an animal skull of some sort. I'm going to guess that's a sheep. Girl, that's a good one. Um, There's some wow. sticks. There looks like um, a jaw and some teeth of another animal mm-hmm. down there. We have weapons. There's what looks like a sword sticking out the top. There's feathers. There's a, there's a few swords. And they got this chained down. I don't know if you see that at the bottom. They got it chained to something so um, somebody can't steal their ganga. Yeah, because you don't touch those. You don't fuck with those. Leave but them alone. I want to know who's running around the neighborhood stealing gongas off people's <laughs> back porches. Why you got to chain it down? It's a problem. <laughs> An epidemic. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got. That's my case. Okay. Well, thank you for all of that information. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That was good. That was good. Thanks. All right. Ready? Yep. Took me a minute to find one, but I've read like 10 different articles and this is what I got. Okay. Okay. Leroy Carter Jr., On February 8th, 1981, the beheaded body of a homeless man was found in San Francisco's scenic Golden Gate Park. The man was later identified as a Vietnam veteran. Fuck. Vietnam. Vietnam. The war in Vietnam. (laughs) I just watched Forrest Gump like three days ago. I'm so sorry. Vietnam. 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 (laughs) Veteran with a track record of petty crimes. Um, and he had fallen on hard times. So, how did he become a victim of what appeared to be human sacrifice? Bum, 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 bum. I don't know. All we know about Leroy Carter Jr. is that he was born on September 17th, 1951, somewhere in Louisiana. He's a Louisianian. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, there is very, very little information publicly available about his life. He was in the United States Army at some point. He attained the rank of private first class before being discharged. Unfortunately, it seems like Leroy had a hard time after his time in the Army, as many of them do. Mm-hmm. Upon his return to the States, Carter began living on the street, streets as a transient. He soon fell upon the area of San Francisco, which was very homeless-friendly. Okay. There, he became engulfed in some small-time trouble, engaging in petty crimes that earned him a healthy-looking rap sheet. Okay. Because of the nature of his crimes, stuff like stealing, thievery, loitering, all that good stuff, it seems that um, he wasn't a criminal by choice. More like a desperate man struggling to stay afloat. That's so sad. Yeah. It was perhaps his homelessness that singled him out as a target and eventually led to his grisly death. Or Leroy. I know. This is so fucked up. Okay. On February 7th, 1981, a Saturday, Carter was just another homeless guy looking for a place to sleep. He ended up walking through his normal haunts of Golden Gate Park before settling upon a nice spot near Alvord Lake along the eastern edge of the park. This spot was not only secluded, but quiet, and it would allow him to get a good night's sleep close to the water. I mean, <laughs> I'd pick that spot, too. That sounds I nice. mean, it sounds delightful. He decided to camp there for the evening and began unfurling his sleeping bag. As he lay down to rest, Leroy Carter Jr. had no idea what his future had in store. Mm. 
Okay, so the next day on Sunday, a concerned young woman called the police to report that she discovered a backpack splattered with blood in the Golden Gate Park. Good job, Queen. Yeah. Inside, police could find nothing conspicuous, just a black coat and two shirts, but wanted an officer to check out the area anyways. SFPD officer Doherty, I think it was James. Okay. Anyways, reported to the park to investigate and at first did not see any sign of foul play until he came across a sleeping bag. Inside the sleeping bag was um, most of a body. Ew. Lying in a pool of blood. The only way the body was able to be identified was by fingerprints. Leroy's prints were on file due to his previously discussed criminal record. Mm -hmm. The most disturbing aspect of the crime scene, however, was the fact that there was no head found with the body. Yeah, that is disturbing. Oh, it gets better. Okay. You know me. Okay. In fact, the park was searched and the head was nowhere to be found. It would seem that whoever was responsible for the murder had taken it with them. Examination of the body showed that the cut was clean and precise, hinting that the killer knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. What is it with us picking people <laughs> that put heads in backpacks? I know. <laughs> oh, my God. It's mostly just me. Okay. I, I don't know. When I found that a head has been, I, I, I don't know why that's so interesting. On my uh, sex crimes episode, that feller put heads in his backpack, too. Oh, yeah, he did. There's entirely There's... too many people putting heads in backpacks. Why is this a thing? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the strangest aspect of the scene was that um, what was found alongside the body. Corn. <laughs> Okay. Some articles say individual kernels and some say whole cobs. Like I read some articles that said that there was like two or three whole cobs. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I'll just, let me just finish the sentence. Okay. And a chicken wing <laughs> were crammed into the gaping wound where the body's head should okay. be. That's gross. <laughs> and I need to know more about the chicken wing. Was it a actual feathers on chicken wing or was it like... Buffalo wild wing chicken wing. Well. Okay. You gonna answer that? I can't specifically answer that, but eventually the San Francisco Police Department also admitted that there was a mutilated chicken corpse near the body, which explained where the chicken wing had come from, but very little else. All that was missing was the mashed potatoes. I cannot. I can't. I can't. I know, I'm, fu- I'm fucked up for that. But so it was a feathers on. It was a feathers on chicken. chicken wing. <laughs> feathers on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and missing your potatoes. <laughs> That's perfect. Missing your mashed potatoes. Tied in perfectly. I couldn't have done that any better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, thorough searches of the park turned up. No further evidence, no weapons, no further traces of blood, no suspects, and no sign of Leroy's missing head. With no apparent leads, a new officer was added to the case, Sandy Gallant, who had recently worked on cases related to Jim Jones and the Jonestown cult. Never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Um, The infamous massacre... 
uh, had occurred only a few years prior in November of 1978. Gallant's work in relation to the Jonestown case quickly garnered her the reputation of being a cult expert or the cult cop. Sandy Gallant, cult cop. (laughs) (laughs) Law and order. Yep. Yep. There we go. Okay. Gallant noted several similarities between Leroy's case and some subsects of Santeria. Uh, tens of thousands of Americans practice Santeria. Some core beliefs involve one god creating the universe and smaller gods overseeing the niche aspects of the world. Rituals and um, sacrifice are often used in practice of Santeria, but the sacrifices are typically small animals and are rarely human. As- like chickens. Like chickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they like the chickens. <laughs> the subsects of the cult mix classic Santeria with other religious beliefs ranging from ancient Aztec practices to Satanism. Hmm. In order to try and get the most from this line of investigation, Gallant sought out an expert in Santeria named Charles Wetley. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unfortunate last name. I know. Okay. Ooh, poor Charles. Wetley postulated that Leroy had been murdered, so his killers, presumably practitioners of Santeria or some similar religious cult, could obtain his head. Mm-hmm. There are some examples of using human heads to make a sort of potion. I have the uh, the recipe. Okay. <laughs> Here for that. Boiling it or pulling it out the brain, um, pulling out the brain, the eyes, and slicing off the ears. Consuming the mixture would presumably grant desirable traits linked to magic, but no specifics mentioned. I don't know. In Santeria, according to Wetley and Gallant, the ritual called for a 21-day period of brewing in a cauldron. After that, (laughs) (laughs) After that, the priest would sleep in the same room as the head and the cauldron for 21 more days. You know, to connect with them. After this 42-day period, the final step of the ritual would be to return the head to the body's final resting place. So they put them back together. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it all good. Gallant went to her superiors with this theory and the evidence that supported it and was met with um, unflinching skepticism. I bet. Yeah. Unfortunately, the decision was made um, to not even have the entire part covered on the 42nd day. Stupid. Why? I don't know. Do better, Gallant. No, like, she said it. She was like, um... Oh, you're right. And Do they, better, San Francisco. <laughs> there. But, I mean, she... I could, was misplacing look, my outrage. Look, look, no, you're not. Because she could have gone out there, too. She knew. That's true. I mean... She was just pissed because the boys wouldn't listen to her. She was stomping her feet. I understand. Mm-hmm. The only officers on the scene were Gallant and her partner who were beginning to doubt the theory as a result of being dismissed. Because they were beginning to second-guess things, um, maybe their attention slipped, maybe the killer slipped by them, or noticed the pair had actively avoided them. I don't know. Either way, (laughs) the point is, Gallant and Wetley were right. Leroy Carter Jr.'s head was found 42 days after he was murdered, just as they had hypothesized would happen. There, placed in the weeds next to the water, was the decomposing head of Leroy. That, Somehow. That's crazy. In some way, 
The person responsible for this grisly murder had managed to not only elude any police suspicion, but had managed to return the victim's lost body part to the scene of the crime without raising any alarms. Protection from the Orishas. Ooh. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. 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 See, I know everything there is to you know. You know everything. You are, yes. you are an experienced professional now in Santeria. Oh, yeah. At so many things. Okay. Well, we just need any time, any questions that you have direct towards Brittany. <laughs> That's frightening. <laughs> That's frightening. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Police would never release many details about the state of the head and whether or not Gallant's theories had come true, but it appeared on its surface that she had been correct. With the return of the head to the crime scene, the ritual that Sandy Gallant had predicted was completed. In the investigation to find out what had happened to Leroy Carter, Sandy had predicted a very peculiar series of events involving the human sacrifice, weird spiritual rituals, and (laughs) a near suspicion of disbelief. But now that she had been proven correct, in the process of being proven right, the killer or killers had slipped right through the grasp of law enforcement. Like I said, nobody was there on the 42nd day which was stupid. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately there was no evidence left behind for investigators to sift through. Even the return of the victims had provided very little. Cause it probably just had chicken feathers on it. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> and corn kernels and corn. Um, she would later tell the LA times that she very much regret regrets not following up on her own theory more urgently. Our problem was, even though our homicide detectives didn't buy it, my partner and I weren't out there doing surveillance on the 42nd day either. I mean, at least she admits it. Yeah. I admit to you, I suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm smart, but I suck. I'm smart and I had it figured out, but you know, I dropped the There's no follow through. I have no follow through. (laughs) (laughs) She further (laughs) says... I think looking back on it, we had a real difficult time, too, believing that something like this could happen, even though it was our theory. I I mean, I kind of understand that. No, like, no. It is a far-fetched theory, but all That'd the signs be the one pointed I'd be going to yes, for. okay? Um, just... The most far-fetched one, that's the one I'd be going for. I watch Criminal Minds. Uh, it's always the crazy shit. It is always the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Expect the unexpected. Uh-huh. Always. Following this, the discovery of the victim's head in Golden Gate Park, an emphasis was placed on investigating the human, human sacrifice angle, which Gallant had proposed the month prior. Duh. However, it was too little too late. Whoever the killers were, they had left behind no trace of themselves. The case has gone cold, and they have not figured it out to this day. Of course they have not. Slackers. <laughs> <laughs> Do better, San Francisco. Do better. I know. That's all we ask. Yeah. So we'll probably never know. That's so sad. I'm so sorry, Leroy Carter I Jr. I am so sorry, Leroy. Leroy. I know. Oh, I have a photo of his gravestone. Okay. I, that's all I got. Um, there, oh. there were many obituaries. It's a pretty marble one. It is pretty. Um, but they were old men. That um, I'm pretty sure are not 29 years old. Yeah. Like everything that came up was way too current. So that was it. That was the only legit fact check photo I could find. Gotcha. Well, good job. There you go. Thank you. 
that was quite entertaining. Back. We're back, friends. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Hope y'all enjoyed your break. I'm kind of curious to know what y'all have been up to. Uh, tell us stuff. We, um, yeah. We kind of relaxed <laughs> for a little bit. Okay. Um, I got COVID. <laughs> Amanda got COVID. Uh, after all that shit, a top, I got COVID, and mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die for a few days. But that's over. So um, she can no longer talk shit about my multiple COVID episodes. Nope. Never again. Mm-hmm. We've been doing some behind the scenes stuff. Working on the uh, the playlist. We're making plans. Mm-hmm. We should have a new playlist to you guys soon. Um, where we are taking all the songs that we've randomly sung to you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and putting them together on a Spotify playlist. Because why would you not want that? I know. I'm going to jam it in my car. Just I'm now. definitely going to jam it. We also are making a list of movies mentioned. And homework topics. Yes. So mm-hmm. every time we tell y'all go watch this, it's your homework. We're making a list. In Which, case y'all I mean, want to access that, we'll put it on social media if y'all want to look at that. If if they use their time wisely and, you know, during the break, maybe they watch some, some, a few, like, at least clueless. They were like us. They went to bed early during the break. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. I did, I did like the going to the, to the bed on time thing. I mean, I still. That was great. I'm, uh, I went to bed a little bit earlier. I went on vacation. You did go on vacation. I went to the beach, and because karma hates me, there was a jellyfish epidemic, so we couldn't even get in the water. (gasps) You didn't tell me about a jellyfish epidemic. Did somebody have to pee on you? No, thank fucking goodness. (laughs) I thought I did. I thought that's why you posted that thing about the jellyfish. (laughs) I posted that because we had talked about jellyfish. Yeah, we we couldn't even get in the water. There were so many jellyfish. That's fucked up. I went two years ago at this same time, and there was jellyfish everywhere in the water. They were all over the place. There's got to be something. We still went. Yeah, we still went to the beach, and Mm -hmm. we enjoyed ourselves and did things. But we, Ashton was pretty pissed because he couldn't get in the water. So, and them little shitheads are everywhere. It was that many. Yeah, that we didn't even feel comfortable letting him in. Period. Because every time the waves rolled in, it was like fifteen jellyfish. No matter where we were at on the beach. So, yeah. I'm so sorry. We did do that. And I didn't get sunburned, so air high five for that. Eh. Um, that was, wait, that was our air high five. It's fine. (laughs) We have a thing. So. it's so good. One person understood the assignment. One person. Thank you. Good job. Thank you, Kristen Vandenbrand. Yeah. Yes. So. She sent me a story while we were on break that I thought was super fucking cool and falls into the oddity portion of the podcast. Oh, absolutely. So we're going to read this this week instead of doing the douche box. I, but you're going to love it. Yeah. I Googled a little bit and I couldn't find anything more than the article she sent. So I'm just going to read that. Okay. It's from... A Facebook post from the Unsolved Mysteries of Louisiana page. Ooh. Okay. It's the legend of Onion Head. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. But we'll post the article and because it's got pictures. Oh, we love pictures. Oh, yeah. Okay. The legend of Onion Head began 60 years ago in the small town of Slidell, Louisiana. I know where that is. Me too. 
There was a giant of a man with a grotesque face who roamed the woods. He lived there in a shack with his mother and seldom left his home. He was disfigured by a childhood disease that distorted his head. The locals cruelly nicknamed him Onion Head. That is pretty mean. Yeah. <laughs> to escape their taunts, he stayed out in the woods with his mother and never ventured into town. One day, a young girl was found murdered out in the woods. The local people decided that Onion Head must have killed her. Before the police had a chance to investigate, the townsfolk formed a mob and went out in the woods to capture Onion Head in his shack. When he saw the angry mob approaching, Onion Head fled from the shack. His mother tried to reason with the townsfolk, but it was no use. They were baying for her son's blood. She told them she would put a curse on anyone who harmed her disfigured son. The mob hunted Onion Head down and found him hiding in a ditch. Filled with rage, they killed him and dismembered his corpse. Fuck. They cut him into 13 pieces and buried Ooh. him in the graveyard. Ooh. Yeah. The next morning, the police captured the real murderer. It was a drifter who was passing through town. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. The townsfolk realized that Onion Head had been innocent. As time went on, there were a series of grisly murders in the town. The victims all had something in common. Every one of them had been a part of the mob that killed Onion Head. At every crime scene, the unidentified killer had scrawled a message on the wall in blood. It read, if you were there, I'm coming to kill you too. The message was signed, Onion Head. According to the legend, Onion Head is now the perpetual caretaker of the cemetery in Slidell, Louisiana. <gasps> he took his revenge on the townsfolk who murdered him, and now he lies in wait for anyone who is foolish enough to enter the cemetery. The so, end. we're taking a trip to Slidell, Louisiana? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that what I'm hearing? Delana totes. said yes. It's totes. only 10 minutes from New Orleans, really. Yeah. It's literally just a skip hop away from New Orleans. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Y'all. It's a small little area. It's really nice. Yeah. Well, it's gotten nice over time. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Katrina hit, so. It's, it's small. Yeah, it's nice, though. Slido's nice. Yeah. So, we're going here. Yeah. Because we definitely have to do another New Orleans trip. Uh, yeah. When that came up in my memories while we oh, were on break, it made me guys. so sad. Oh, yeah, like all the one-year anniversary stuff started popping up. Oh, my gosh. Our New Orleans trip was there. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Back when we were The beer fun. and tacos place. The beer and tacos place. Oh. It was so yeah. good. It was fabulous. So, thank you again, Kristen. <laughs> yes, ma'am. She's our work friend. Big yep. supporter of the pod. Thank you very much. She's a pod people. She's an oddball. Yeah. We love our little oddballs. All right. What else? Oh, we are working on a surprise for you guys tonight. Shh. We can tell them about surprises. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just... I don't know when we're going to be posting them. Know. I don't think they'll be posted by the time you hear this. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. We may have to do some editing. But um, if y'all remember, there was a challenge a while back. For the uh, gl glamour shots thing, we want some '90s glamour shots. Y'all were supposed to send mm -hmm. some in. We had one person. And we do had it. one person, but that was enough. And we're gonna stick to our promise. And um, we opened our big mouths, and now we're doing '90s glamour shots tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. The hair will be big. Oh my god. The eyeshadow will be bright. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> my daughter has laid out outfits and jewelry for me upstairs. It's a um, thing. It's happening. Yep, it's happening. Brittany yeah. bought out brought outfits, and we've got feather boas and shit. <sighs> yeah, and now all I'm going to think about is chicken wings. Every time a feather boa flashes in front of my face, I'm so hungry. 
that's all we have for you. Yep, that's it. We're going to go uh, do our photo shoot now. Welcome back, friends. Bye. All right. Um, and we're out. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout-out to Stephen Goetzke for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagen for art. We'll talk at you next week.